Mexican invasion! Hello, good morning, good evening, wherever you are around the world. This is the start of season two, Invasion of the Weird. Got a very special episode for you today. Sorry I've been on hiatus for, uh, looks like two years at this point since the last episode came out. Both the G-Man, aka number eight. Oh, wait, I'm number eight. You're number seven. Shit. Uh, G-Man, number seven. And, howdy. Uh, Agent H, myself, your main host, have been on assignment on different coasts, different parts of the world. As you can tell, we have figured out a little bit of a back channel where we can record future episodes. And hopefully if the quality is good, it might even be better than the quality before. Season one's a little rough. We're uh, well, excited you know, to get back in front of you. We only had a back office to record in. But yeah, welcome. Super excited to be here. Super excited to be back. Can't wait to tell you guys what we've been up to and what we've been finding out. Yeah, I know some of your assignments of taking you around ETs, extraterrestrials, aliens, ghosts, and the ever-terrifying Skinwalker. And my assignments on the other corner got me around what we're going to be talking about today. Good old noble Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, a.k.a. Skookum, a.k.a. the hairy dude. A.K.A. the goddamn Sam Squanch. A.K.A. And, uh, Harry Henderson. A.K.A. Harry Henderson. I don't know about you, G-Man, but the thing that really holds the field back for the cryptozoology when it's coming to treating Sasquatch like an actual animal that deserves recognition is all these hoaxes that have gotten so much publicity in the mainstream only to be shot down and tarnish the reputation of everybody doing actual solid work getting this going. What do you think? Well, I think it's nuts. Uh, you and I have had some interactions both in and outside of the agency. We've been, we've been keeping tabs on Sasquatch for a while, and sometimes we got really excited about some actual leads, and a lot of times we got a lot of heartbreak because somebody wants to be an idiot, create a hoax, and potentially get themselves in trouble. And then it's just clean up for us, right? Yeah, you could be no more right there. I think a good format for today's episode, I want to go over some of the hoaxes that have really tarnished the reputation of, I would say, honest cryptozoologists or honest agents like ourselves, and then kind of go into some instances that we think are totally legit, have merit, and even one that I teased on the Instagram page a couple years ago with a panoramic shot of an area. I think it's time to finally tell this story over this podcast. I have been on a few other shows talking about it before in the past. I'll not name names, but, you know, they're on national radio. Uh, the good ones. Yeah, the good ones, the big ones. Definitely not us. So, as far as Sasquatch hoaxes go, allegedly they go back as far as when the name was coined. I believe 1953, there was a logging camp that had a bunch of uh, footprints 
from an alleged Sasquatch. And there were pictures taken. It became a big news story in Northern California. Well, after the fella who came out with that story passed away, his family said that he was a hoaxer and that he had done it all as a joke. And keeping on with that, I think the first one that I can remember, not trying to date myself or anything, but the first one that I can remember as being on the national news and getting national attention was the first hoax of a Mr. Rick Dyer. Uh, Uh, Do you remember this uh, account? Well, either of the accounts? Yeah, I remember them both. Rumor has it he's still out there trying to be a genuine cryptozoologist, but I don't think so. I think he's just out here being a, a conniving son of a gun. Allegedly. Because I hear he likes to uh, allegedly label people libelous for talking about his exploits. Oh, well, you know, this. I don't think it's a libel if it's been proven on national news. So the first event that I can remember is the 2008 Bigfoot frozen in a solid block of ice in the man's freezer. And that was on every major channel. I remember. Lo and, yeah, lo and behold. Mr. Dyer, when his specimen was tested, turned out to be a hog corpse inside of a latex and fur suit. Not necessarily what I would call upstanding. I think if memory serves me right, he tried to pass it off like he didn't know, but come on, man. How do you not know if you're the guy with the frozen pig in your freezer? And then the same guy. Four years later, 2012, perpetuated a second hoax. Yeah, but he had he had a whole story for the 2012 one. He actually got it all together. He says that he lured out the Sasquatch with uh, pork ribs. I think he got them from Walmart and doused it with his special barbecue sauce. Oh, yeah. He had the special barbecue sauce. You know, the kind with a little bit of ginger spice in there, a little bit of cayenne pepper. Well, according to Mark Zuckerberg, it couldn't be any better than uh, Sweet Baby Ray's. That's if you believe that Mark Zuckerberg eats people food and not just the blood of the innocent. Uh, Well, you know, he does have live streams of him just talking about how much he loves Sweet Baby Ray's. He's got his boys out for a barbecue. It's a great story, uh, but that's not what we're talking about. We'll talk about Mark Zuckerberg being a lizard person later. That's a hilarious story. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but he, t- if, he took not a lizard. These... He's he's got a lot of mannerisms of a robot. Yeah, that too. Like like a Elon Musk 1.0, like a proto Elon. That being said, according to what he told, I think it was Esquire magazine. He nailed a bunch of ribs up to trees to try to lure out a Sasquatch, and then. He heard himself a Sasquatch, so he came out, chased him in the night, and shot him twice, Osama Bin Laden style. Yeah, but this time, there was an alleged body. Yeah, this time there was an alleged body, he shot him down, and, uh, you know, they had DNA, they had scans, they had autopsies. Alleged. Uh, Let's, let's, go ahead. The the part that really, really put the nail in the coffin on this one, uh, pun intended, because he literally put this new fangled contraption that was built by a costume maker in Washington state 
out of, uh, I think it was latex, foam, and camel hair. Anyways, put it in a plexiglass and wood coffin, nailed it shut, and then went around charging adults 10 bucks and children 5 bucks to uh, view the Sasquatch that he had shot. And even though he had perpetuated a, a Sasquatch hoax not more than four years, not more than four years before, he had a sold out tour and pulled in over half a million dollars with this hoax. Yeah, he was really killing it. Came to the dollar bucks. Uh, however, I believe he's come clean, so there's no way it's liable. It's he said on his Facebook that it that they were fake, and I don't know the first one. I don't remember it that well, but I remember the 2012 one. It was everywhere. Come see Hank the Sasquatch. Not not too unlike Sue the dinosaur, the T Rex. That's what Sue was. Well. Here's the next thing. The next year, after he had, you know, actually even before he came clean, he was in a Bigfoot documentary as a reputable Bigfoot hunter. That's funny. So he, he, he did two big hoaxes on national news and then went on to uh, Bigfoot documentaries and shows that you can find, I'm sure, on whatever streaming service that you buy your movies from. But uh, knowing this guy's background, I wouldn't want to patronize him hold on i i think i know for a fact that you can find this documentary for free on amazon prime and the roku channel well thanks google still don't don't patronize him but you know it's free and if you're in for a couple of good laughs i guess knowing that this guy is a liar and a cheat all right so i got another one's pretty recent but i'm sure you've got an example of a hoax that's been all over national news. Uh, yeah, it's it's another one that's a little dated. Exactly a decade, actually. Uh, it was in August of 2012. And out in the habitat of Montana, there was a man also trying to commit a uh, Bigfoot hoax and do a video. And he went by the name of Randy Lee Tenley. This, folks, is a story of why you should not try to be a hoax, hoaxer, hoax artist. I think hoaxer would be the word. How much dollar bucks did Randy pull in? Randy didn't have a chance to make any dollar bucks. That's the problem. I'll go off. So he decided to go ahead and purchase himself a surplus ghillie suit. And go walk around US-93 near uh, Kalispell, Montana. He then was struck twice in succession by passing cars, trying to spook people and have a video. So he was trying to scare cars on the highway and and two separate people ran him over? Two teenage girls in separate cars. A 15-year-old with their learner's permit and a 17-year-old struck him moments later after he was already down on the roadway. Rough. Yeah, so this is another way to be like, hey, probably don't do this. This will get you hurt if you're trying to make fake Sasquatch videos. Especially out in where Sasquatch is most prevalent out there in the Pacific Northwest, and then northern states around Canada is where he's most prevalent. A little bit in Oregon, but that's Pacific Northwest. 
but it's always hunting season out there. It's always hunting season out there. There's constant stories of people dressed up in Sasquatch suits, walking around in the woods, having themselves a go at a hoax, and they get shot or, in this case, run over twice in succession. I do the the Scruff McGruff line of crime doesn't pay, but... Dude, Scruff McGruff is my hero, not going to lie. Have you ever heard his vinyl? Because it's it's fire. (laughs) He dropped an album. He dropped he dropped an album talking about how crime doesn't pay. His song about crack and cocaine is hilarious. Oh, okay. We might need to pull that one up after yeah. this episode and jam. Yeah, uh young Jamie, pull that shit up. <laughs> 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 but yeah, hundred dollar suit, uh Geely suit from a surplus store, most commonly seen on paintball fields in that area. Decided that he was a Sam Squanch. There's another one that I was thinking about bringing up. It's not proven to be a hoax at this point because the fellow still stands by his uh, claim and his documentary that he put out himself. So we'll we'll stay off that topic. If you are well-versed in the Sasquatch subculture, I brought up some official photos that happen to look just like Muppets. You might know what I'm talking about, especially if it's in the northern region of North America. But I think the one that I want to bring up next, just to cover our bases on hoaxes, there was one this very month that has me steaming mad. Oh, I know exactly which one you're talking about. You know, I previously I considered this fellow a bit of a spiritual successor to uh, the crocodile hunter. But I don't know, after this, I'm feeling pretty salty. So on July 7th, a fellow by the name of Coyote, who has had a show on Animal Planet and currently has a show on YouTube, the same guy, same Coyote, who's famous for getting stung by the most venomous insects around the world, put out a post on his Facebook, and I quote, Breaking news, leaking pics here before they are taken down and before the government slash officials try to seize our footage. And he put cease instead of seize. Cease our footage. Found a large primate skull in British Columbia. Filmed it. Cut the footage. Releasing it on at his uh, TV show this weekend have kept the secret for several weeks, dot, dot, dot. And yes, I have the skull. Smuggled it through customs and TSA, and it's currently in a secure location awaiting primatologist review. Absolutely unreal, dot, dot, dot. We thought it was a bear skull when we found it. I can 100% guarantee it is not. The skull was found partially buried under the ground in deep, Back Forest Ravine after a massive storm in the in the Pac Northwest, Pacific Northwest for our listeners outside of the U.S. who might not get that one. I assume you would, though. Yeah, you know, upper left uh, U.S. Upper left USA. Not quite Alaska, but having part of Canada in it. You know, like Washington, Idaho, Oregon. And British Columbia. And British Columbia. 
I'm sure these pics will be taken down, dot, 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 as will probably the video by the government or state park officials. But the skull is safe. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is what you all think it might be, but I cannot explain finding a primate skull in the Pacific Northwest without wondering, what do you believe? And then he went around and he posted pictures of them finding the skull and where it was. No skeleton attached, but the uh, skull shows what looks like a drill hole in the back. And if you suspend your disbelief a little bit, you can see maybe something made a hole there. Well, fast forward a couple days, and that monumental discovery is really just a promo for this guy's upcoming Bigfoot documentary. In this documentary, they have a whole section on what it would be like if somebody had maybe possibly found a Sasquatch skull. So they put it out like they had found actual hard evidence, a thing that cryptozoologists and scientists can agree on is that we need to have a body. He comes out and says, I have found a body. And then a couple days later, he reveals it's a hoax and that it was a uh, marketing gimmick for his own Bigfoot show. All right, I'm going to say it right now. I've said it one time to one other group of people in this world. But Nathaniel Peterson, who decides that their nickname is Coyote? Who names their kid Pup? That being said, who the f puts it out there to be real without being a massive piece of shit? Sorry, listeners, I'm getting a little explicit. That being said, I'd like to continue talking about Coyote Peterson right after a word from our sponsor. This podcast has brought, been brought to you by Shade Rado Legends. We've been in business for about three years now. Come participate in our third anniversary game. Uh, we have specials on five-star Loch Ness Monsters and seven-star Chupacabras. Sign up today. All right, welcome back to Invasion of the Weird. You know, number seven, G-Man, I really wish I knew uh, who our sponsors were and that we could hear what these ads were before they went on here. I guess while... Man, you're going to be amazed with this one. I actually got the hookup on this one. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, not the best out there, but, you know, maybe, maybe if anybody else out there wants to help us fund these back channels... I I would not shy away from it. Well, well put, bud. <laughs> so, as I was saying in the previous segment, these hoaxes are getting old, man. If there is going to be any semblance of actual scientific credibility to this, these types of hoaxes need to go, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like we said just a little bit ago, hoaxes not only piss a lot of people off, but they discredit actual cryptozoologists and potentially put their own lives in danger. 
And there's a few well-respected scientific minds that I can think of off the top of my head who, you know, throw in with a lot that Bigfoot could be a flesh and blood creature that lives in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, in a previous episode in season one, we talked about how there's a chance that this creature is flesh and blood and comes from the descendants of Gigantopithecus blackie apes that followed humans and the mammoths, everyone else across the Barren Strait during the last ice age. Yeah, we have that one, and we also talked about, and I, I totally believe a lot of the First Nations people when they say that uh, Sasquatch is more of a spiritual being, like a, a guardian spirit of the forest. Which they very well could be. But to keep this grounded in the flesh and bone is where I would like to see this. Because if Sasquatch exists, and I truly believe that they do, and I'm going to get into some reasons why, and, you know, a personal experience that was pretty life-changing. Yeah, tell me all about it. I have no problem with keeping this grounded. We've got a whole lot of crazy stories from the Northwest that we talked about in a previous episode, like Sasquatch versus the Mountain. Sasquatch versus the Mountain. We can do a follow-up on some alleged bodies that have been discovered that can't quite be chalked up to hoaxes at this point. True. Let's talk about that after you tell us your uh, personal count. Well, you know, I think we'll save the best for last on that one. Okay, okay. But if, if Sasquatch doesn't live in the flesh and blood, then he might as well be an alien came down on a spaceship like uh, so many people believe. There's people who believe that Sasquatch either is an alien experiment, an alien in a spacesuit himself, where the spacesuit's hairy for some reason, they need it to survive our atmosphere. Uh, there's even a hotline, and I am not joking, there's a hotline you can call for Bigfoot and UFOs at the same time because they're trying to correlate the two to say that Sasquatches are aliens getting dropped off and then going back into their spaceships and flying off. That's an odd count, uh, but let's not forget in, let's say, pop culture right now, uh, to kind of like go off of what you're saying, there is an actual Star Wars comic book that says that Sasquatch is just Chewbacca protecting a crash landing of the Millennium Falcon. I know the exact one you talked about. I think it's Star Wars Tales number 11 or 14. One of the it's, it's somewhere in the early teens. Long story short, on, well, we won't go down that route nerd out too much. You gotta stay on topic. I mean, as a quick synopsis, uh, Millennium Falcon crashed onto Earth, Han Solo died, Chewbacca's really distraught about it, and then spends the rest of eternity defending the Millennium Falcon and Han's corpse, later to be found by Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's exactly what happens in that comic book. Uh, trust me, I've read it. But before we got on this tangent, I was talking about some well-respected names in science. Correct. The uh, chimpanzee like... behavioralist Dr. Jane Goodall believes that there is merit to the Sasquatch. And I think one of the, if not the most prominent figure in the field as a respected scientist would be 
Dr. Jeff Meldrum out of the University of Idaho, uh, doctor in anthropology, but is a expert, is the world's leading expert on one foot morphology, so the shapes of feet, and primate locomotion. You put those two together, everything that you need to scientifically distinguish fake tracks from real tracks and show that there is a real animal that made this is Jeff Meldrum's wheelhouse. Uh, he's got a book that you can go and get called uh, Sasquatch Legend Meets Science, where he totally breaks down all the biomechanical reasons why Sasquatch would be real from certain casts and certain evidence that has been consistent from different areas where you would have to be an absolute orthopedic expert in order to fake these. And that's everything from uh, the dermal ridges being unique to certain casts and dermal ridges would be like fingerprints on your feet to the fact that unlike humans, but very much like great apes, some tracks show evidence of a mid-tarsal break, which means there's an extra joint halfway through the foot that shows up in the tracks as they walk, and a human physically could not do that. Right, and as I appreciate the scientists out there that are covering this and have that evidence, I think that there's a few people out there in the world that are willing to report this to the masses that only report from credible sources. Uh, for example, I think it was on Coast to Coast, Art Bell. He he only really covered a lot of uh, true, if not leaning true, uh, cryptids, conspiracies, aliens, etc. Rest in peace, Art. So, I do totally agree with you. I think getting into the meat of it, this is a, a little bit of a lighthearted show. Well, definitely a lighthearted show. Definitely rated at least PG-13. And some of the reasons we're about to get into hit that PG-13 rating or above. Well, we used our one F-bomb, so yeah, we're PG-13. Well, f Ha! Now we're R. I might go ahead and bleep that. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead. Tell me all about it. So, the famous footage that everyone knows about, the quintessential Bigfoot, the frame that makes up the pose, every Bigfoot, knick-knack, paddywhack, sticker, give a dog a bone, any touristy thing you can get. And go If you drive around the Pacific Northwest, Everyone has stickers of Bigfoot on their cars. What really commercialized it and became an icon is the 1967 Patterson-Gimlin footage. Uh, that's a good one. That's a real good one. And even though there have been folks who have claimed it's a hoax, no one's been able to prove that it was a hoax. There's been multiple people who have claimed to be the person in the suit walking. It can't all be true. And honestly, I I don't think that uh, it is true. I actually went to school with a descendant of uh, Roger Patterson and uh, got some interesting insight on that. That's nuts. I did not know that about you. Yeah. Well, back at the academy. Before going into the academy, really. 
So in that quintessential 1967 footage, there are aspects of that that seem totally and completely out of place to the hoaxing capability they, they would have had back in the late 60s. Uh, at the time, the most similar Hollywood job would have been Planet of the Apes. And they are totally different ballparks when it comes to quality of costume and trying to make something that looks like a real flesh and blood creature. As the subject in this walks, the 1967 footage, it shows things in the creature that could not be replicated at the time with 1967 technology. You can physically see muscle groups working in tandem as the creature walks underneath the fur. You can see the glutes and the quads and the shoulders and the back muscles as the creature walks. Right. You can't get that unless it's a actual person or an actual creature uh, unless it was like literally glued to their skin. That being said, you made the comparison to Planet of the Apes, and I want to say that that Sasquatch in the uh, Patterson film was believed to be a female and uh, doesn't doesn't work anything like the female Planet of the Apes. apes. That was actually my next good point. So I, wanna, I want to put you in the shoes of a potential hoaxer. Okay. Right? It's 1967. You're in Northern California. Yeah. We'll even say you uh, got ready beforehand and you are in South Central Washington. Anywhere, so South Central Washington to Oregon to North Idaho. I mean, to North California. Pardon me. Yeah, that's how how maps work. Pre-internet. You need to find a Bigfoot suit. Right, so you're calling around shops to find a big gorilla suit, the best gorilla suit you've ever seen. Right, especially with uh, the types of rubbers and latexes and other costume apparel that they would have had in 1967. Okay, if I'm a hoaxer, it's not going to be anything to the quality that's seen in that footage. Mm -hmm. And now, imagine. Not only calling around all these shops and shopping around everybody, going and finding a suit that also included pendulous breasts. Big Sasquatch boobies. You're telling me that if I were a hoaxer, I would have need to go go to every single prop shop, costume shop, whatever around the entire Pacific Northwest and be like, hey, dude. Here's what I need. I need a gorilla with big old titties. Exactly. Okay. I I challenge you to today call up any costume shop. Like, hey, do you have any Bigfoot suits with big titties? I'm I'm pretty sure in 67 that would have gotten my ass kicked. Yeah. They'd have looked at you like you belonged in the insane asylums that they still had at the time. Oh, yeah, all over the place. I would have been shipped off immediately. They would have put you in a padded room with long sleeves that tied behind your back. Out here looking like a Batman villain. 
out here looking like a Batman villain, yet we're supposed to believe that these folks went out and found a suit with boobs on it and then shot this footage that still to this day cannot be proven to be a hoax. Hey, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, big shout out to our newest follower on the Instagram. Uh, we got a follow and two likes from Sassy Squatch Girl. Oh, make that three likes. Yeah, Looks that... like somebody, somebody's being excited about the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, shout out to Sassy Squatch Girl, because that is a perfect name to pop up while we're recording. Conspiracy confirmed. Illuminati confirmed. And to stick in this kind of explicit proof of Sasquatch, you know, there was something that came up, pardon the accidental pun that I'm about to get into, in 2016 that got pretty small attention, but honestly might be some of the most convincing proof of a Sasquatch that I have seen in the wild other than, you know, firsthand experience. Do you remember us talking about that story of the drug enforcement trail cam deep in the Northern California woods in 2016? I believe I remember that. So for those listeners who are unaware, Northern California and a lot of the Western U.S., can be so densely forested and so devoid of population that there is literally nobody for hundreds of miles in certain areas of the woods. And because of this fact, certain uh, narrative wells would go back into the deep, 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 deep woods and start drug growing operations. Yeah, whole Copperhead Road stuff. Where they knew nobody would bother them. So Drug Enforcement Agency, DEA, has sprinkled cameras where not a human soul should ever be for any discernible reason to try and catch some of these folks. Well, in 2016, trail cam footage emerged of a large, hairy creature reaching its arms out, grabbing the camera off the tree, ripping it off, and then burying it in foliage. And, you know, it's not it's not too uh, impressive. There's a lot of things that people would miss. Do you know where I'm going with this, G-Man? Are you still there? I do, but go on. Uh, sorry, I was uh, getting a message from the agency. Next, next uh, assignment. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of uh, notifications right now. Anyways. Where I'm going with this is, if you slow down the footage, you get a pretty good shot of between this obviously male's legs. That's awesome. I did not think that's where this was going. I don't think I've heard of this one, but I'm going to need to see that video for uh, research purposes. For research purposes, (laughs) let's just say... It looks like he took a very cold swim and that he is not of the uh, Jewish religion. Okay, I gotcha. But again, I want you to go to any costume supplier 
They're like, hey, I need a Bigfoot suit. Make sure to put a hang dangle on it. I needed to have a hang dangle. And I need it to be the smallest hang dangle you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> like, why, why would you not want a Bigfoot suit and, you know, have Ice Cube fighting a snake monster in the Amazon down there, you know, an anaconda? Uh, that's that's hilarious. However, you said this was 2016? Yeah, this was 2016. More plausible than asking for Bigfoot titties on a suit in 67. But here, here's the other thing. Biologically speaking, all of the great apes, except for humans, have incredibly small hang dangles. Okay, makes sense. So if you were to be an actual great ape, it would be completely biologically consistent for that to show up. And the fact that it does show up on a trail cam video makes me think that it might be some of the most authentic footage that's out there. Right. That being said, the Sasquatch has been proven to be a, I wouldn't say proven because it's cryptid, uh, has been consistently in every sighting to be very smart. It's got all of the things that it needs to use its own tools. Where was I going with this? Never mind. Go on. We can edit this you're, out. You're, you're telling me that science has proven that the Sasquatch he is real. You take a look at the plaster cast of his foot, now you know he's real? I mean, yeah, but... Listen real close to the audio tape, not human, now you know he's real? Couldn't be in a man in a gorilla suit? No freaking way, yeah, you know he's real? That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that the Sasquatch is a smart creature. What that's where I was going with it. Not only uh, is the Sasquatch able to notice that that thing is watching him and then bury it, but part of the reason why we haven't been able to find a body is because there is tons of the forests out there, the national forests, that have been completely unexplored. And even if they have been explored, What's to say that Sasquatches don't have their own uh, burial rights? You know, honestly, that's a great point. I bring that up in, uh, you know, debates on the Sasquatch pretty much every time I get into it. One I of mean, the earliest things that we have for early humans is the adaptation of burial rights. Some proto-religion, some proto-religious uh, ceremony when somebody passes on. We still have know? no idea. We still have no idea where the elephants take their dead. That's true. Did, I was about to say, did you know that elephants have burial rites? Did you know that crows currently have their own religion? That is absolutely fascinating, and you're going to need to tell me about the crow religion on a separate episode. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that another time. But that, what I'm getting at exactly is that the Sasquatch is a smart creature. Of course, it's going to be able to try to evade us. I don't think that's anything that a naysayer can possibly refute. Yeah. I have seen a few videos recently that are, you know, plausible. I haven't really decided on them. A brief shout out to uh, Theories of Third Kind for turning me on to a couple of videos that are recent. There was one that I showed you where it looks like a mother Sasquatch runs 
to grab its baby. And then the baby Sasquatch moves and acts like a baby. So it's not like somebody in a Sasquatch suit going over and picking up a doll Sasquatch. Oh, I saw that video. Yeah. Yeah. And unless whoever put this video out dressed their wife up as a Bigfoot and then also dressed their up baby? their baby up as a Bigfoot, which, you know, it's totally plausible. It's 2022. I'm sure we got it. We could do it. Or this, or this hoaxer had a uh, better budget than American Sniper. That's is that a dated? Is that a dated reference? No, it's okay. Yeah, Cleanest would uh, didn't want to do any more takes. So they just handed what was it? Bradley Cooper, a baby doll. It was Bradley uh, Cooper picking up a baby doll, and you can see him using his thumb to try to move its hands. Yeah. So, unless somebody dressed up their infant as a Sasquatch and dressed up their wife as a Sasquatch to shoot this video. Which, you know, totally could happen. This one has a little leaning of plausibility for me. And then the other one that uh, I saw off of them and then also shared with you was that absolute unit of a Sasquatch in Idaho. I've never seen a man that big unless he was the mountain. It looked like the mountain had been eating nothing but protein, got absolutely shredded, and then they used that hair in a can spray all over his body. So the mountain has been training for 10 years on nothing but elk meat and bone broth, and then we would have this Sasquatch in that video. All right, G-Man, you got any... Other points you want to bring up before I get into the personal story of uh, Agent H's encounter with a mysterious hominid in the woods? Can't say I do. Are you tired of your camping trips being soured by alien abductions? Yeah. Can't get a good night's sleep because you're getting poked and prodded and probed? Yeah. Well, buy this 2022 alien repellent in original musky, pine, and lemon scented. This is 100% guaranteed to keep the aliens from abducting you and is 100% definitely not just pure snake oil. Where does this amazing product come from, you might ask? Where? Dr. Snake Oil. Ah. So, purchase today. All right, we're back from break. Well, as we alluded to, I'm getting ready to share kind of a life-changing experience that happened to me in the uh, late summer, early fall of 2013. I've shared this experience. I've shared this experience with a few what I would call experts in the field. Some folks with some high name recognition, some folks that are no strangers to the, what I would call the legitimate cryptozoological circles, really uh, paranormal circles. Uh, Unlike 
the folks that we talked about in the first section of this podcast, you know, this isn't something for likes or subscribes. Really, the thing that would make me happiest is if we could actually prove the existence of one of these creatures, protect them, and, you know, just come full circle on it. Get a get some closure. Get something that says, you know, you're not crazy. Other than other folks sharing their experiences. So, without further ado, it was September 2013. I was on Highway 20 in North Cascade trying to impress a gal. I was vaguely aware of a very cool mountain lookout. It's called Washington Pass there in Washington State. This section of the mountains was basically as far north into the Cascades as you can get before you start hitting Canada. We're driving, we're driving, we're driving. And I'm doubting my abilities to find what I'm looking for. So as a plan B, I look across the valley and there's a cave with a waterfall coming out of it. And I pull over. Cave with a waterfall is probably going to be one of the coolest things that you can uh, go see, right? So she agrees to go with me to search out this cave. And if you could fly across the valley, it gets right there, maybe be three quarters of a mile to a mile away. You take one step off the highway and it becomes absolutely surreal this dense forest looked like something out of a fairy tale there were giant mushrooms on the ground huge uh, lichen hanging from trees moss on everything you could hear birds you could hear everything so travel down the side of the ravine that was closest to the highway. And we got to the bottom there and there was a creek. So following a game trail, cross the creek and I go to step over a log. As I go to step over the log, I look down and there is one of the biggest footprints I've ever seen in my life. And I do not have small feet by any stretch of the imagination, but I took my shoe off to get a good comparison shot. And this thing was twice as wide as my foot and one and a half as long. So me being me, you know, Agent H, number eight, guy that thinks Sasquatch is the coolest thing ever. I started nerding out. Best day of my life. I just found a Bigfoot track. Her, on the other hand, she's a little, uh, she's a little wary. Go ahead and calm her down. Make some jokes about Bigfoot. You know, gentle giant, things like that. And we continue on our way. As we get closer and closer to this cave, you know, there's a little bit of a skunky smell. We're in the woods. Skunks live in the woods. Nothing to think of. There's some uh, rocks stacked in certain areas leading up to this cave. I figured probably a sign for rock climbers or something. Because I had seen somebody bouldering a few miles down the road, driving into town, into the uh, 
area that I was in. So climb up into the cave. And the thing that you couldn't see from the highway was that this cave was up a rock face and you had to rock climb into it. So rock climb in, doing my best to impress this gal who uh, simultaneously is apparently trying to do her best to impress me because she didn't let me know that she had zero rock climbing experience. Go and check out the cave. There's a mountain spring feeding it. Goes into the waterfall, goes out the cave. Beautiful, pristine nature. So as we go to leave this cave, her and her inexperience goes to rock climb across the waterfall. And, you know, you think wet rocks equal slippery, but apparently not. So she fell out of the mouth of the cave. And being that it was up another rock face, I immediately assumed that she was dead. And I was going to have to drive her car all the way across Washington State back to where we came from. And that was going to look pretty weird. Lo and behold, she only fell like four feet, scuffed her elbow, scuffed her knee, climbed down, make sure she's all right. We're all in one piece. Again, she's kind of flustered. Second time she's been flustered on this uh, little hike of ours. So, again, I make some jokes. I get her to take a drink out of the spring there because it's the cleanest, most natural water you'll have in your life. So I go and take a drink, and then uh, she follows, goes to take a drink. And a small rock about the size of a, mod- of a matchbox car or a Hot Wheels car comes flying over her right shoulder hits the rock face in front of her, bounces off, strikes her directly in the eyeball. Not having a good trip so far. Again, try to lighten the mood, make some jokes. Uh, That rock, you know, that was probably Bigfoot because we saw his track. We were in his cave. We must have pissed him off. Everything's good again. Go to climb out of there. I'm Spider-Manned up on this rock face, climbing out of this cave to get back to the game trail that we originally went up there with. Now a rock the size of a softball comes over my shoulder and smashes on the rock face, maybe a foot from my head. And I look over and on this bushy little bluff I see this broad dark head, shoulder, neck and eyes looking back at me and we we locked gazes for what seemed like forever and then I just saw this thing shimmy back into the foliage and uh, you know then we proceeded to get out of the woods you know it's one thing to be in the woods and see what could be a bear, but a short faced bear that looks kind of like Brock Lesnar is a whole different ballpark. And because that experience, I'll, I'll always think that there's probably a Sasquatch out there. That totally makes sense. I like that a lot. It's a great story. And you know, you saw its head, shoulders, knees and toes. 
Well, not easy toes, just uh, basically shoulders up. Okay, fair enough. But with a face-to-face encounter, I can't see why you wouldn't be a believer at this point. You know, the the thing is, when you have an experience like that, you always question if, you know, your mind is playing tricks on you, if you saw what you actually saw, did you misidentify it? Maybe I saw, you know, a malformed bear that looked like a person crossed with a gorilla or something. But you know, the one that a bear that threw a rock at you. Yeah. A bear with thumbs that threw a rock at me and then, uh, had every other telltale sign or an encounter. We, we should have taken the, uh, three red flags, three strikes and you're out rule. But, uh, you know, you do dumb things when you're trying to impress a gal. I've been there. Well, that's very cool. I like that story a lot. I is there anything else you want to cover in this episode? I'm, I think we're starting to get up there on time. You know what? I think that's a good place to leave it. But, you know, I would love to do a follow-up episode. If any of the listeners out there have any stories that they want to send in to us, uh, then go ahead and send it in to us at our Instagram page, Invasion of the Weird. Or you can email us at invasionoftheweird at gmail.com. Or you can leave us voicemails at anchor.fm slash invasion of the weird. I think that does it for this week for us. This is Agent H signing off. Catch you around. It's the G-Man.